Hey friends, this is another bonus episode that is available for patrons right now, people who support the show for $5 per month or more. You can find a link to Patreon right there in your podcast app. And this is another follow-up with Steve Mache. I've had Steve on the podcast several times now. We did a first episode, I believe it was back in episode 70, and we've done a couple follow-ups since, and this is number three. And for those of you who are new to the podcast or relatively new and haven't heard all of those, Steve has been coaching me for the last couple of years and trying to help me level up towards this big goal that I have of getting stronger and hopefully being able to climb Just Do It someday. That's a dream climb for me. So he's been helping me try to level up my strength and my bouldering through giving me a little bit of guidance on my outdoor climbing trips. And this episode in particular, we just did a debrief on my Waco trip this year. So we talked about the plan going into the trip, what I actually did and how it went. And we talked about some of the things that I learned and want to do differently next year and covered a couple other topics as well, such as some of Steve's thoughts on going from a bouldering trip back into hard sport climbing and how to make that transition and some thoughts around taking time off and how to ramp back into hard training if you decide to take a week or two off at some time during the year. So for those of you who are interested in my climbing journey and have been following this journey, I think you'll love this episode. It's really informal. It's just a coaching call between me and Steve. I hardly edited it at all. This is just us sitting down, catching up and talking about things and you can really hear how we're processing and thinking through things and, and analyzing and planning. So hopefully all of that is helpful. Uh, the full version of this is one hour and 40 minutes, and it's available right now if you want to hear the full thing. You can sign up for Patreon for five bucks a month. It just takes a few minutes to sign up. You can cancel at any time, no questions asked. And that'll also get you access to more than 30 other follow-ups as well as ad-free episodes, so you can skip the ads in the normal show. I'm gonna give you a free teaser so you can hear part of what we talked about, and then again, if you wanna hear the full thing, you can sign up for Patreon right now. Hope you enjoy. <clears throat> I was just looking at your, at your pyramid there. I just kinda of got a chance to check it out real quick. Nice, yeah, I should have sent it to you a couple of days ago. I didn't think about it until this morning. Or until yeah, right no now, honestly. But uh, yeah, there it is. That's what I've been up to this whole time. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really psyched. It's it's. Um, I kind of have to, as we do, I have to remind myself like of the progress that I've actually made. But it's it's been fun to keep track of this because last year this time, I just finished up the V10 pyramid. It's like, whoa, okay, right. like, come a long way. That's basically did another one of those, did some V11s, and then almost uh, finished the V12 pyramid. Just one more hard thing to do. So, yeah, yeah, man, pretty yeah, cool. It's definitely looking good. I think it's time to start considering V12s. Yeah, I think so too. I'm um, I'm here in St. George right now okay. for like three more weeks. I'm trying to a sport route right now and then I'm heading back to Leavenworth for like a month and I'm my plan for that trip is to try a couple V12s um kind of like sample a few different ones but also hopefully like put a concerted effort into one of them that I th think will be a good fit it's kind of like squeezy yeah. kind of an aret um compression thing like an overhanging aret so yeah no oh, nice yeah and then I've got a couple oh. in mind for Rocky Mountain that I think would be good too um 
Wildcat. I really liked that one. Tried it just yeah. one day last year and it went pretty well. And then um, I think going back to Veritas and trying to do the low left version would be oh, really right. good. Yeah. yeah, Veritas is nice because it's like right there. Yeah, you know? yeah, right off the road. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit easier. And Wildcat, yeah, Wildcat's up there. It's up there. <laughs> it's up there. Not quite Eternia, but... <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, yeah. But first things first, how you been? I haven't talked to you in a while. I've been okay, you know, sort of plugging away with stuff. And uh, yeah, I've been not super motivated on climbing um, lately. So it's kind of like, I've been getting out a little bit, but not much. Getting to the gym and stuff. Yeah. Kind of battled some injuries and... Cat that's <laughs> was that your cat's um, tail just a second ago? Yeah, that was nice. A, yeah. Um, a little cat cameo. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I had a few injuries and kind of just sort of felt a little worked and settled down. And I've been doing, I don't know, I've been more thinking more about getting into roots for a little while again and that sort of thing. The bouldering was just kind of beating me up. Okay, but you know, I kind of. Feel like it's i should have a little bit better balance mm. at this point in life yeah yeah it's i mean, hard to just like always go boulder bullet bullet you know like yeah it's like an easy day is like a moonboard day or something like that so, <laughs> you know, oh my god it's yeah. not great for a 50 year old shoulder <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah, that's one thing we can talk about. I've I've been pleasantly surprised the last year. I mean, last year I more or less focused on bouldering, but I had um, kind of Waco and Rocky and Leavenworth. Waco and Rocky were my two kind of like big blocks. And then I had a six-week kind of board climbing training block back in Washington before Rocky. And then I had like a Leavenworth season back in Washington that was like performance-oriented, but like way lower... Um, kind of a lot lower intensity than like a Waco trip. It was like pretty rainy. So more rest days. I was just going out and like trying hard things for very short sessions every few days sort of thing. So that, I think there was like kind of nice variety, but then in between those things, I had like a few weeks of sport climbing in St. George, a few weeks of sport climbing in rifle. And uh, I've been pleasantly surprised that I've been able to just keep building on the bouldering um, despite those like months or two away here and there. And I, I haven't felt like I had to stress too much about like, I've got to maintain it and hit it every single week, no matter what. It's like those months away from it where you sw switched modes to sport climbing or something that they, they can be pretty good. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're helpful. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I've always kind of been on that, that boat. Um, and I usually, you know, most of my life, I always kind of sport climbed most of the summer. Um, and, you know, late spring and early fall was all sport climbing. So I get, you know, four or five months of sport climbing in. And I haven't been doing that the past few years. And I really think it it's useful. And mm -hmm. not even necessarily a huge chunk like that. Like even just a couple of weeks of just getting some movement in, getting more, you know, aerobic stuff going on the forearms and just kind of getting pumped. I think is it's helpful, I think, even just for... for if, your main goal is bouldering. I still think it's good to get at least a little bit of fitness mm -hmm. for climbing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's, yeah. What have you been psyched on the, over the winter? Been, what have I been psyched yeah, on? Picking rocks up or what? 
didn't even pick rocks up. I had this, <laughs> I had a shoulder thing that turned into a neck thing that turned into a back thing. Dang. And it was just like, oh man. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I've been, I went to the gym. I was auto boying, <laughs> climbing on that. That was, that was about, you know, that was kind of the, the high point climbing wise. Um, I just always, I've been skiing a bit and, you know, doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Nice. Hanging out with the kid, taking her up skiing. That's been fun. Nice. That sounds great. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I've been sort of, it's kind of, we didn't go, I went to Mexico for a little while, but, uh, definitely not a climbing trip. Um, <laughs> I didn't go to France this year. Uh, so yeah, I've kind of. I'm calling it kind of the great unwind year, just kind of trying to get in some sport climbing, more different style of weightlifting and kind of unwinding from years of just like everything has to be, you know, one to three reps or a hard boulder problem or a heavy rock or mm. whatever, you know, like it's, I feel like I needed a little bit of or a hundred mile bike race, like, I mean, totally different, but still it's like full on. And I think I was just kind of beaten up. Gotcha. I felt, well, I felt tired this all fall and into the winter. Yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of been embarking on this new kind of little project of my own to sort of reboot a little bit. Nice. That sounds good. Yeah. Think yeah. It feels good. I can leave the climbing gym and I'm not in pain. Which is <laughs> That's good. Nice. <laughs> yeah that's good that's you're heading in the right direction it sounds like yeah i wish i got that going <laughs> i have been thinking about that actually i I just did a conversation with ned feely and um I, I asked him at one point like do you ever take a break from finger training do you take like a full chunk of time off and he kind of lets it happen organically but he just kind of it was almost like an offhand comment he mentioned that adam andra takes like a month off every single year like a month completely off I've yeah. just been thinking about that, like, man, when was the last time I did that? I mean, I've only ever done that when I've been, like, heinously injured, I think. Yeah. And I mean, not to put myself in the same boat as Adam Hondra, but <laughs> for most of my life, I did the same exact thing. I mm. would always take a month off. Yeah. And it was usually at the beginning of the, like, in the middle of the summer, like, July into August. And, you know, this past, since Hunter was born, it's been, it's hard enough, you know, I mean, it's hard enough to get out. So it's like every time I don't want to, you know, I'm always kind of training to either get fit on the bike or get strong for the fall or, you know, never really having that time to like take a month off, do a month of just base training and then start training. After the month off, do, do a month of base. Yeah, a month yeah. off and like a base of like lots of volume, easy climbing. Mm. You know, most of the time I would do that outside. You know, like around here, maple is always good that time of year. So just kind of do pitches down in maple for a month and it would feel really good. And then sort of start hitting it like September ish. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's cool. I'm, I've been thinking about that and I'm, I'm not sure what I've decided yet, but, uh, I realized that I, with everything I do, I'm like, my tendency is always to like, see how much I can pack in, you know, like I've already got my whole pretty much rest of my year planned out as far as where I'm going and when and stuff. And there's, there's no month off planned in. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah, not really much low intensity stuff planned in either. So yeah, I've been kind of thinking about that. Not sure what I want to do with it yet, but yeah, good food for thought. 
Um, yeah, I think it's hard to do. I mean, I think it, it, you know, unless you're, yeah, it's hard to do. I think the first time, I think if you, if it's consistent after a couple of years of doing that, um, you start to realize, like, I would start to feel like, oh man, I need to take a break and then have the realize that when I come back, I'll be weaker for a couple of weeks, but then it'll just ramp up and I'll be even stronger than I was when I mm. took off, took the time off. And I think you, you need to experience that once or twice to be like, oh, okay, I can just take a month off and I'm not going to totally destroy my climbing for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> right. No, right. Yeah. Totally. <clears throat> well, cool. Um, let's, let's jump into the debrief. I've got some notes in front of me just as I've just been kind of thinking about like what I want to hit on here. And for people listening, I figured we'd start by talking about where we left off last time. Um, what the plan was, and then what I actually did because I deviated from the <laughs> from the plan a little bit. But um, yeah, my hope with doing this is to catch up with you. You and I haven't talked since we did the last one of these. Um, we just kind of made a plan, and then I was just doing my thing in Waco. Um, so it's to kind of bring you up to speed, and then to hopefully help people um, follow along with my story and, and learn um, from my mistakes and what went well and what could have gone better and things like that and how we're thinking about all this stuff. And then finally, and, and this is kind of funny, but I left, I left Waco this year feeling like, okay, I really internalized some lessons this year. Like I really learned some stuff and it, it looks really, uh, like looking back at the last 10 weeks, hindsight's twenty twenty. I can see where I screwed up and what I could have done differently. I want to record this. I want to like make those notes record them so I can listen to it next year and not screw it up again. Like I want to actually like make different new mistakes instead of making the same old mistakes over and over. So this is kind of like hopefully helpful for, for other people and, um, but also very much accountability for myself. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, so yeah. where we left off, we talked in December, right? I was in Bishop. I was about to head to Waco. Uh, we talked about doing some hangboarding to kind of top up my recruitment and my fingers with like half crimps and crimps because I hadn't been doing that much over the last year. Um, and then the plan for Waco was to basically do the same like Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing as the year before. Mondays would be focused on like a V10 project. Wednesdays would be like second tier volume. And then Fridays was going to be like a V12 training day where I was just going to train on Martini Wright, which is a big goal for me. Um, so yeah, the, the hangboarding, I didn't, I don't think I did any of it before I got to Waco, maybe like one session. I was trying to send something in Bishop and, um, I didn't have, I think we talked only a few days before I left and drove to Waco. So I maybe fit one of those in and I ended up doing like 10 or 11 sessions over the course of probably two months. I would do like Either as part of my warm up, I would finish with three to five kind of max recruitment pulls, or I would do it in the evenings, like five hours after I stopped climbing. Um, and that was cool. I think um, it, it showed me like how quickly that, that recruitment strength comes back. Like if you have the base of the finger strength and you've been climbing, um, it, I felt like I made pretty good gains with that pretty quickly, which was really neat to see. Um, not sure if I preferred doing it before climbing or in the evening. I kind of 
tried both and definitely felt stronger when I did it in the morning. But um, even just doing like three to five hangs, I, I could tell the difference in my climbing. I didn't feel 100%. So that was kind of interesting to to realize that. And yeah, and then as far as the schedule, I got there and this year it was a lot busier than last year. For people that don't know Waco, um, you kind of have to have reservations. It's just a little bit, the logistics are tricky. And this year I had reservations. So I was a little bit more like at the, um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? I didn't have the freedom that I had the year before. So I was kind of planning around reservations and weather and guided tours a little bit more than last year, rather than having like a fixed Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But I, I pretty much stuck to three days a week the whole time and kind of stuck to the plan. But I had like the V10 day when I was fresh. Um, the Wednesday, I should have gone easier than I did. I kind of tried to do like V7s to V9s on that lower you know, second tier volume day because I didn't have, like I was trying to fill out my pyramid. That was kind of the range that I needed to work on for the pyramid. And I don't have that many more classic, you know, V4s, five sixes to do on North Mountain. Uh, but I think that was a mistake. I think I did, I think I went too hard on that Wednesday. So generally by that last day of the week, I was feeling kind of worked. And I tried Martini Ride a little bit early in the trip, the V12. And it felt so far above me that I decided to work on Martini left first, which is the V10 in the cave. And I figured like, oh, that might kind of accomplish a similar training thing. But yeah, that so so my my schedule more or less turned into two days a week trying two different V10 projects and one day a week where I tried like sevens, eights, or nines. And I think I lost that variety that we were kind of shooting for with the plan. Um, yeah. And... It went pretty well. Um, well, anyway, yeah, I'll stop talking for for now. But anyway, yeah, that's that's kind of that was the plan, and that's how things went more or less. So, how did you feel about the hangs affecting your climbing? Were they? Did you feel like they would make it hard to recover from your climbing, or like were you feeling able? Like you were able to climb at full 100% and do your three to five sets of hangs at roughly 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried two different things. Um, I think the the first maybe half a dozen sessions with the hangs, I would do my normal climbing day. Like, let's say it was, I, I think I only did it on like the, um, like the V10 day and the intended V12 day. So I'd do it like twice a week. Um, I would do my normal climbing session project of v10 end the day maybe at like 5 p.m go back to camp eat dinner chill for a while and then i would do my resistance training workout in the van which was like the the presses and the scapular pulls and then that would kind of be my like re-warm up and then i would warm up the fingers a little bit and just do the max hangs in the evening and that felt pretty good i don't think my fingers felt a hundred percent on the hangboard when i did that but that's kind of to be expected. They still felt pretty strong. And I think it still gave me those gains. Um, so I did that a few times. I also tried integrating it into the end of my warm up before I went climbing. So I would do the whole thing in the van and finish with a few max hangs and then, and then go climbing. And I felt like three hangs was kind of the sweet spot. Like I had a session where I did five on the half cramp 
and then did a few full crimp hangs. And I actually like felt kind of powered down when I went climbing, um, even yeah. though that volume's pretty low. So yeah, kind of eye-opening, like how much you're actually doing with just a few simple maximum hangs. Yeah, and it gets to be a, you know, that's definitely, that's a smart way to do it, is to do it before climbing, because um, it does get the recruitment going. Um, but you also, it's a really kind of razor's edge, because it's like, the amount of time it takes to recover, if you go more, cl the closer you get to failure on anything, whether you're lifting weights or hanging, it's going to have a larger impact on your recovery. So, for example, like if you were to do whatever, three sets of 10 second hangs versus one set of hang to failure, that one set of hang to failure is going to have a larger impact on your recovery mm. than the three sets of 10 second hangs, even if you hung, to, even if you only hung for 25 seconds or something like that. Um, so it's, it's good to, you know, if you go before climbing, I think it's a good way to do it. Uh, but you also, have, you have to be really weary, wary of like not doing too much, you know? So like, you're like, okay, three sets is good. And five sets is too much. And you think, well, that's only like two sets. Like what's the difference there? Right. But it, it's huge. It's, and you got to kind of figure out where you like hit that. Basically you're looking for that one set of really good max recruit hangs. And then you're like, okay, now I'm going climbing. Mm -hmm. Go do my thing. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think keeping like the couple seconds in reserve thing is is really critical. And yeah, I, I was doing the recruitment pulls where I would pull really hard on an edge, a good edge with one hand with my feet on the ground because I can't quite do a one arm hang on those. So that makes it a little tricky. Like I don't really know, you know, there's no failure obviously when you're doing that. Right. So I th I think I'm actually going a lot harder when I do those than I realize. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you're just <laughs> standing there just pulling with your like, you know, you're holding your breath and pulling as hard as you can. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's the option of like, you know, on the cheap is sort of a, like a tension block and a crane scale, you know, and you can see how much force you're applying there. And when it, when it falls below a certain amount, you stop mm -hmm. sort of thing. Like, for other folks living in a van wanting to do like a hangboard workout, like that's, that's kind of one way to monitor how hard you're actually going. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's you a know? good call. Okay. Um, I'll keep that in mind. But, that'd, that'd be yeah, nice too. Yeah. Cause then you can like measure, you can like see the progress kind of over time. Yeah. And you can also see, it's nice cause you can see where like, maybe you're like, Whoa, I'm actually diminishing over time, which mm. would be kind of interesting to see, particularly on a trip to Waco. Cause I find, you know, it's sort of this r quick ramp up to a good week. And then it's this slow decline. Like, <laughs> you're just, you're just getting weaker and weaker. Did you look there. at my calendar? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's like green, green, green. Oh, some red. Oh, more red. Oh, yeah. a lot of red. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Pretty, that's pretty much what happened. That's pretty much what happened. Um, so yeah, I'll kind of share how it went. Um, there, there, cause there's some really good things. I was, you know, coming off of the trip to Rocky mountain this summer and doing my first few V11s this, this last year, I was pretty optimistic and hoped to just do a bunch of classic V10s. I think I kind of, you know, b because they're there, because there's some really good V10s I hadn't done in Waco. And because, um, going into this trip, I needed to fill out a lot of like V9s and 10s on my pyramids. 
Um, that, that made a lot of sense to me. And I was a little bit shy of like where I hoped to be climbing as far as that Waco style at the, the really high end, those top grades. But what was really interesting is, um, you know, as far as like sending hard things, my trip wasn't that impressive or much different than last year, but my base was way higher. I could really feel that. So like V8 kind of felt like V6 did last year, which was really interesting. Um, I did maybe half a dozen V9s. I think last year I did two. And yeah. several of those I don't think I could have done last year. Like one, in fact, I, I tried this boulder called Big Nose Millie last year. I think I tried it three days. Almost did it, couldn't quite put it together. And then coming back this year, I was maybe a month into the trip before I went back and tried it again and did it in about an hour. It just didn't feel that hard. Yeah. So that was a huge win. Did a couple other ones that I don't think I could have done. Um, I did uh, Better Eat Your Wheaties, which I think as far as like, you know, that free willy style be really being really hard for me and trying to do more of that kind of thing slightly at lower grades, I think that was a really good one to do. Still challenged me a lot, but um, but that one came together. That was a, a highlight. But then, yeah, the interesting thing is the top end, like my, my base felt about two grades higher, but then my top end was like a quarter of a grade higher. It was just like ever so slightly better than than yeah. last year which i find pretty interesting yeah and i mean that's that's kind of the way that works in general like that top end is so hard to, to bump that up but also i think you know it's you're sort of hitting some some physical restraints you know some probably some finger strength issues some finger strength and power maybe some body power stuff where you know that's where the upper end it's like okay like your fingers have now caught up or you've caught up your pyramid to where your fingers are. Mm. And the only way you're going to bump that top level up more is by actually increasing the, the brute raw strength and power probably. Yeah. Whereas that base level, it's like, you're, you're now that just, you know, you're able to climb at that level probably all the time. I like guess it's, it's just really, you know, for you probably more in the eight, nine range now. Yeah, it feels um, really locked in, yeah. On just about any style for the most part. So that's kind of an indication. It's like, okay, like I can do eight, nine on pretty much any style. Tens aren't coming that quickly, and elevens aren't coming that quickly. It's like, okay, like where where is the physical weakness? Mm -hmm. Which is a nice place to be, because physical weaknesses are I mean, that's easy. It's like, you know, hit the hangboard board. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know? like hangboard maybe some campusing or something and you know that's i think that's a good place to be where you're like okay my climbing ability everything my red point head all that stuff is like at where it needs to be and the only thing is i just need to get my finger stronger right mm. you know it's the other side when someone's like i don't know i've got this crazy finger strength and i can't get up this v8 and you're like <laughs> yeah. that could be a whole host of things yeah, totally. right there, buddy. totally yeah that's yeah i think you're right i think you're right and actually i was going to share um i'll share an anecdote that i think illustrates that really well so i i got um i of course went back to free willy but that was really interesting so i tried free willy a ton last year got really close didn't do it and then coming back, I was like, I don't want to dive straight back into that thing. I kind of want to like get some momentum and do some new stuff before just beating my head against the same old thing. So I spent about three weeks 
climbing on different stuff, new stuff. And um, I did Dark Age. That's That was a really cool yeah. highlight from the trip. V10, yeah. um, that came together pretty quickly. I almost did it second day. Fell off the end of, of C-Spot Run because I hadn't rehearsed that one. <laughs> kind of surprised <laughs> myself getting up there. Um, but came back and was able to do it the next session. So that felt great. And then I, I went back to Free Willy. And this was really cool. So last year... I think it took me three or four sessions to figure out the first move and then to link to the the dyno. So for people that haven't seen it, um, it, it's very much like a moonboard climb, hard first move, easier middle section to a really hard jump to the lip off of a really bad left-hand crimp. And that putting all that together to get to the throw took me like three days last year, maybe four sessions. And this year, I literally did that first try. I just did the first move, cruised up to the final move and, and fell jumping to the lip. So that was awesome. That was like huge progress on that style, um, on the, you know, the powerful moves on the bigger holds part. But then that, it ultimately shut me down. So I, I almost did it day one, went back day two, felt really good. I was warming up and I tried the jump in isolation. I overshot the hold and my finger, my right ring finger caught this little spike that sticks out of the wall right above the jug and i tore like the gnarliest flapper out of the tip of my my ring finger uh-huh. it's like one of the worst skin injuries i've ever had so that kind of shut me down and i i was like mummy taping my whole finger it was like a giant gaping hole and i had to tape that for like three and a half weeks so it was i didn't really try free willy consistently until like six or seven weeks into the trip um and going back to the slow decline, I think by that point I was <laughs> kind of, you know, tired and, and kind of uh, pretty far down that decline and wasn't able to put it together. So, but it was really eye-opening because I've gotten clearly so much better at that style in general, but then I haven't been doing any really aggressive crimping. I haven't trained small holds in a really long time. And that left-hand hold for me that you jump off of it's it's kind of hooded, you know, like you if you have fat fingers, it's hard to get behind the hold at all. So it's kind of like a rounded seven mil crimp on a 40 degree wall and you have to dyno off of it. And I just need to work on that more like for next year. I'm kind of glad I didn't send it because now I have a fire under my ass to like work on small hold crimping again and and kind of retrain that because I haven't really done that since I left Smith Rock. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can lose that even if you gain general finger strength the small hold crimp it's you know your hands in a different position it's quite it's quite a different thing um and it takes some training to to really get that particularly if you want to get that get that up mm-hmm. and then also you know it's a dyno and which means that's a little bit of pop so some power training like some power in there is kind of key as well yeah, you know, it's it's telling that you were able to get to that move easily, like relatively easily, and that getting to that move is like all kind of finger strength, body strength, pulling, the technical stuff, but uh, and the technical stuff, but then you all of a sudden you hit these two two variables that are like small crimp, dyno, mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, this hasn't gotten much better. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, well, there you go. Small crimps and then dinos. <laughs> Jumping around, yeah. Jumping I, around a little bit. I think I, I'm 
pretty sure that for me, the limiting factor was the, the crimp more than the jump. Um, yeah. I was, I was every single session. I was able to kind of like do my warm up links, try the jump and do the jump and, and get it to feel quite easy. Um, but you're pulling on with perfect skin with fresh chalk and grabbing the hole perfectly, you know, and it just, I needed like, I didn't have any margin. I didn't have any margin on that cramp. I didn't have the margin to like get there from the ground and have less chalk on my hands and be able to hold on to it as well. I think. I think that's what yeah. it came down to, but yeah, that, that sounds, yeah, that sounds like a good way to analyze that. Like if you, yeah, if you don't have any mark, you have to have a little bit, you have to be able to do that move at like say 95% or something like that. Like, right. You can't be at a hundred percent and then, cause you're going to hit it a little bit off. You're going to be tired, a little bit tired, you know, less chalk, all of that stuff. So you need that little bit of margin, which yeah, some more small hole climbing yeah is is in is in the future <laughs> yep yep and you're right i think um i think my fingers are really strong overall or maybe stronger than they've ever been on bigger holds which has been my goal for the last couple of years um but there's yeah there is something different about the small holds and i know mike and mark anderson have talked about like pulp density like something actually changes in your fingertips you know you kind of I don't know. Like it's not just strength. It's like your body has to kind of adapt and learn or expect to grab on tiny painful things. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could definitely be that it can also, it's kind of the way you're that last, um, digit, that last joint bends plays a big role. If you got a super flexible one that like can bend totally, whatever it is, the pip joint, I forget what that last one's called. Yeah. The dip, <laughs> dip joint. Dip. Yeah. Yeah. If it can like bend totally backwards, you know, you see people that can do that and they just crush small holds. Um, mm. and then I'm like the opposite, like mine don't even bend, they really bend <laughs> forward anymore. <laughs> I know, I think, I think like mine have thickened up, they used to bend more than they do, and now they're just like these, yeah, dip joints are just like fat sausage knuckles now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got going, and that, that plays a role. And then also, like, if you, uh, just the way you, you crimp, like first, a you know, like hanging on to a big hole, like a half crimp, your hand is that kind of more vertical. I think we've talked about that. Whereas a crimp, you're really like, you're, it's more in your hand too. So there's like hand strength that mm. gets involved with that as well yeah. as just the forearm stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I kind of hit a I kind of hit a wall with Free Willy. Didn't do it yet again. That was frustrating, uh, but did some some cool V nines that were great consolation prizes. And I don't think I could have done several of them last year, so that was good. I actually did the. There's kind of like a V nine version of Free Willy called Shamu. I was able to do that pretty quickly, so that felt really good. And then I also kind of epicked on Martini left, and that was. That was a really weird experience for me, and I've kind of only encountered this in Waco where uh, first day went okay. I think on my second day on that climb, I was able to link the whole thing in two sections. Like I did the crux, got it figured out, and linked the whole boulder in two sections. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to do this thing. And then it never came together, and it was so perplexing. I would show up some days and feel good and wouldn't be able to do the crux. And I, I would feel like my 
I kind of felt like my body wasn't learning some of the harder moves on that thing. And I kind of had to relearn them each session, which was just bizarre. But it made me think of your story about Esperanza. And I wonder if we can talk about the Waco downward spiral, because I think yeah. that's what happened on this climb. Yeah, I, I, I would. It sounds exactly like the Waco downward spiral. And I can't quite remember how how martini left works um i don't remember it being long and it might be like an anor of you know power strength endurance type thing but yeah i mean the esperanza story (laughs) i'll relay that one um because it kind of it is the same sort of thing and so this was i don't know i don't know when it was years back uh i was all psyched to do i tried esperanza a bit over the years so i knew knew the climb Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed that teaser with Steve. If you want to hear the full conversation, again, the full thing was one hour and 40 minutes. We went on to talk about a phenomenon that Steve has experienced called the Waco downward spiral and his experience trying a classic V14 in Waco called Esperanza. We also talked more about how I plan to project Martini Wright, which is a V12 dream climb of mine. And I actually have a plan for how I want to tackle that next year. We talked about that. Steve shared some of his thoughts on how to transition from a bouldering trip to sport climbing performance. That was really helpful. And we also talked about what to do when you take a couple weeks off, like how do you ramp back in to hard climbing or hard training without just jumping straight back into it, because that never seems to be a good idea. So Steve shared his thoughts on that. I found this conversation with him very helpful as always. And yeah, once again, if you want to listen to the full thing, Sign up for Patreon. You can cancel at any time. It's five bucks a month. You can think of it as buying me a beer at the brewery after a great episode once a month. And you get tons of great perks. You can cancel at any time and it really helps out the show. So I do hope you guys will check it out. That's patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing. And if you do check it out, I really appreciate the support. Thank you guys. Thanks again for listening. I hope you guys have an amazing week and we will see you on Monday for another regular episode. Like we do it.